the Daily Rios for September 28, 2012. This is the first of a Friday follow-up where I use this episode to catch up on things that I've talked about in other episodes that I said I would talk about later or something I had in my notes that I just never got to. So I'm going to use today's episode instead of a Feedback Friday to do a Friday follow-up on previews <laughs> for the September catalog for books shipping mostly in November. I usually mean to do this at the top of the month, just like the timeline episode that I just put out yesterday. And again, like that episode, uh, this just kept getting pushed back and pushed back, and I was going to include it on one of the New Comics Wednesday episodes, and then I was going to include it on the timeline episode, and just eventually I said, you know what, I'll just throw it in here. It is technically still September, even if you listen to this later. It's definitely one of my favorite things to do in terms of comic collecting, flip through the new previews every month, and it allows me to talk about some stuff. I've compiled a list of things that I think you might be interested in, or just things I want to talk about for books that will be coming out in November. And we're going to start with Marvel, Marvel Now. And I just realized, because I didn't get previews for the last month, I, I used an online list to go over the August previews, but Marvel has completely renumbered their, not only are they renumbering their titles, they just renumbered their previews as well. It says issue two. So I assume last month was issue one. Which is really funny if you remember when DC had the solicits for their first issues of their reboot. In Marvel's catalog, it said things like still issue 312 and still issue 82 and essentially giving DC a little bit of a dig because they were renumbering, but Marvel was not. They were so proud of the numbers they had, and here they are renumbering their books. And I just think the irony of that is uh, funny. All right, so for Marvel Now, for books that are shipping in November, and I will be reading these, all of these, just to see what they're like. Uh, we have Deadpool 1 and 2 from Brian Posehn and Jerry Dugan and Tony Moore. Iron Man 1 and 2, Karen Gillan and Greg Land. I, I would have jumped on an Iron Man book, but I don't know. That creative team doesn't do anything for me, so uh, I'll read it, but I doubt I'll stay on that for too long. All new X-Men 1 and 2, Brian Michael Bendis, Stuart Eminem. That's the one that I'm uh, looking forward to seeing. Bendis on an X-Men book and, and helming the X-Men line, and we'll see where that goes. The premise doesn't... That, to me, I don't really care about the premise. The, the Fab Five coming from the past to the future, a future that, you know, makes makes their heads explode. I, you know, okay. We'll see where that goes. Uh, Fantastic Four, Matt Fraction and Mark Bagley. I was enjoying what Jonathan Hickman was doing. I talked about this before. It depends on what kind of Matt Fraction we get. What, what writer do we get? Do we get Casanova Matt Fraction? Do we get Iron Man Matt Fraction? Do we get, God forbid, do we get Fear Itself Matt Fraction? So we'll see. Thor 1 and 2, Jason Aaron and Isad Ribic. I'll read it. Doesn't really speak to me, that creative team. So we'll see what happens. Same thing with X-Men Legacy 1 and 2, Simon Spurrier and Tang and Huat. Again, yeah, uh, I'll read the first two issues, and I doubt I'll read more than that. Captain America, Rick Remender, and John Romita Jr. Probably going to get that and read that more for the Romita Jr. artwork than anything else, unless we get... 
the Uncanny X Force Rick Remender on this. Although with a character character like Captain America, I don't know. Can can you do? Can Rick Remender have a lightning strike twice? I don't know. We'll see. Hulk, Mark Wade, Lionel Francis, you. Curious about that. And then FF with Matt Fraction again, and this time artist Mike Allred. Looks like a zany team, some really cool artwork, so we'll see about that. And I guess this is part of it, even though it's not renumbering. Avengers Assemble, Brian Michael Bendis is leaving that book, and there's a new creative team of Kelly Sue DeConnick, who's writing Captain Marvel right now, and Stefano Caselli. You know, I was really excited about jumping onto that book because of all of its close ties to the movie and Thanos and Brian Michael Bendis was writing it, and I don't see me staying too long with that book after one or two issues. You know, as as people are apt, quick to say, every jumping on point is also a jumping off point. So, Marvel now, 14 books, give or take, uh, coming out in that first month. And we'll have to see what happens with what comes out in December, what comes out in January, how many books are actually part of this whole Marvel Now concept. I mean, when they ship two books in one month, I count that as two books. That's not just one book. With all the double shipping that they're doing with Deadpool, Iron Man, all-new X-Men, Thor, X-Men Legacy, that's two books. So to me, that's you're now 14 books with all the other ones into the Marvel Now, into the first month of the Marvel Now. And then, you know, we add that up with other weeks, and who knows, it could be, they could be releasing 52 issues, and we just don't know it. But, you know, obviously it's spread out among a couple more months. So, uh, anyway, also through Marvel, this is solicited now, but it's not coming out until February. Iron Man Omnibus, $99. This is the David Michelinie, Bob Layton, John Romita Jr., run 944 pages collecting issues 115 through 157 now i have read whatever was collected in the demon in a bottle trade but beyond that uh, before then and after that i haven't and this is a volume one i know there's more stories that they've told so i'm kind of looking forward to this kind of looking forward to the, this big chunk of iron man stories uh that started way before simonson was on thor and way before I think way you know before Miller got on Daredevil, I'm not looking all this up. I could easily look it up at Comic Book DB. Uh, I have wonder, you know, is it around the time Burn was on FF? You know, when you talk about those great '80s Marvel runs, I tend to always forget about Iron Man. Not everybody does, but I, that one sort of goes. Oh yeah, that's right. Iron Man, David Michelinie, Bob Layton, John Romita Jr. Yes, great stories, from what I hear, and something that really defined the character probably for a long time. So I'll be looking forward to that. Over on DC, uh, specifically Vertigo, the Books of Magic Deluxe Edition hardcover, $24.99. This is coming out in January. Most likely this might have been, outside of Black Orchid, this might have been the first thing I read by Neil Gaiman. And it has art by John Bolton, Charles Vest, Paul Johnson, and Scott Hampton. And this introduces... The character of Harry Potter, I mean Timothy Hunter, that was too easy. No, it introduces the character of Timothy Hunter, who is getting play even now in Justice uh, League Dark. He's destined to be the greatest mage in the DC Universe. So John Constantine, Phantom Stranger, Dr. Occult, and Mr. E, the Trenchcoat Brigade, as they'll become known, uh, take it upon themselves to take him on a tour throughout the DC Universe. 
it's kind of like the history of the DC Universe for the magical supernatural corners and the future. And they do that because they want to steer him on the right path, or at least give him the option and the choices. And it's a fantastic series. It really, four issues, uh, came out of nowhere in the late 80s, and I loved it. And then eventually it would spin off into a series, a long series, and that series would then spin off into a whole bunch of uh, subsequent series after that that didn't quite have the same flavor that the original Books of Magic did, but good stuff nonetheless, and quite timely with what's going on in the new uh, DC 52. Dipping into the back of the book, page 279 from Dynamite, Masks, one of eight, $2.99, featuring, I'm a sucker for this, they, they're doing it with prophecy, putting all these characters together, and I'm, I'm trying to read them even though I know they're not good. But this one brings together the Shadow, Green Hornet, Kato, Spider, Zorro, uh, Black Bat, Miss Fury, Green Llama. And it's a story, uh, you know, when you have that kind of crossover with all those characters, I have to get it. And then this is the return of Alex Ross on full paintings, fully painted interiors. Before this, he would get an artist that would do all the layouts and then he would paint over that. But this is all Alex Ross all, all the time. Love him or hate him, say what you will about him. The man does know how to produce, and uh, I'm I'm actually really curious to see what this looks like. So I uh, added that one to my list. I have to take a look at this one here. This is page 238 from Anomaly. It's the Anomaly hardcover. Before I get into why I want to spotlight this, I'll read the blurb here, because it does sound interesting. Earth 2717, a group of explorers become marooned on... Planet Anomaly. But when the planet sprouts synthetics eating viruses, flesh eating mutants, and deadly magic, it becomes a race against which form of death will come first. Who will survive? Who will return? Join us on an epic adventure that reclaims our humanity and saves a world. Not the most original of premises. Uh, it is a hardcover. It's 75 bucks. And the reason I. <laughs> The reason I got to talk about it is because they're billing it as the longest original graphic novel ever, but it's only 368 pages. Now, Blankets by Craig Thompson is 592 pages. Habibi is 672 pages, also by Craig Thompson, and it is a hardcover. Now, this one they're saying size-wise is... Uh, basically 10 by 15 landscape format. So are they saying it's the longest original graphic novel because it's longest in, in size of the book, not necessarily page count? Because if it really, if that's what they're saying, then really you just, this is kind of like a dick measuring contest. And that's kind of a shady tagline to put on there. Because it's clearly not the longest in terms of pages. I heard little bits and pieces of whatever this was going to be even a few months down the road, you know, in previous months. And I, I said, well, I would check it out. So I, I thought I'd give it a little bit of a shout out and poke a little fun at it because uh, uh, that's some misleading hype there. On page 276, this is from Cinebook, Orbital Volume 1, Scars Graphic Novel, $11.95. This is 48 pages, soft cover. I'll read the premise here. Again, another sci-fi thing. Uh, in the 23rd century, humans and sand jars 
are allowed to join a millennia-old intergalactic civilization. Humans are seen as a belligerent, underdeveloped race by the other members of the organization and have been kept out of it until now. The Sanjars had stayed out of interplanetary politics until a war between themselves and the humans broke out. Now Caleb, a human, and Mizoki, a Sanjar, are paired up and trained as special agents to keep the intergalactic peace. This is a controversial and historic alliance, and a lot of people are watching them. Their first mission is to keep war from breaking out between humans and Javloads on the planet Senestam. Feels like it could have a little bit of that humanoids feel to it in terms of the art. Thought it might be something that might be interesting to someone, uh, so I threw it there on the list. Two from Fan of Graphics on page 303. We have Space Hawk by Basil Wolverton. This is a full-color, soft cover, 272 pages, $39.99. Collects every story from the Intergalactic Crime Fighter's debut in 1940 to his final Nazi-crushing adventure in 1942. This is infused with Wolverton's quintessential weirdness. Space Hawk is sure to satisfy Wolverton's fans who have clamored for this collection for years. I'm not necessarily up on my Basil Wolverton, but this sounds like a great way to jump right in and learn, learn what he's about. Also on the same page, The Love and Rockets Reader by Mark Sobel, 304 pages, soft cover, $24.99. This delves into the themes, symbols, influences, and artistic development of the Hernandez brothers, an essential resource this book will enlighten and deepen even the most ardent fans' appreciation of this groundbreaking series. I guess it would be a little bit of a cheat to read that before I actually read the series, but I wanted to point it out nonetheless in case anyone heard that and said, yes, I have to own that. And last but not least from Oni, Glitter Kiss Softcover, $15.99. It might ship in December. This is by Adrienne Ambrose with art by Monica Gallagher, who, thanks to Mr. Phil... I tagged along with down at SPX. Mr. Phil, Monica, and her friend Dennis have a dinner together, so I was able to join them for that. This is 160 pages. It's a romance comedy. It says here, One kiss from Tinka's sparkling lips leads to some unexpected consequences for the callous boys of Portage High School. After a secret romance goes up in flames, she looks to a fortune teller for answers on finding true love which leads to the summoning of some accidental but hilarious magic. But in the end, Tinka has to learn to take responsibility for her own decisions with or without the aid of magic. It's listed as all audiences, and I don't believe I've had the chance to see Monica's artwork in a long-form format. Uh, you can find her work at eatyourlipstick.com, her webcomics, printed work, her sketches, a gallery... Great stuff there, so go check that out, eatyourlipstick.com. She's a great artist, great person, and I had this on my list even before I did this episode because I flipped through previews as soon as I get it at the beginning of the month, and I wrote it down because I wanted to get it for myself and then, you know, wound up, like I said, talking with her at SPX, and uh, I thought, perfect, this is great, something to pass along to listeners. Glitter Kiss Oni. So there you have it. Those are the standouts for this previews. I'll certainly be getting a lot more within DC and Image and other companies, but uh, I just didn't feel the need to list everything. 
I wanted to thank everyone for listening this past week, and not only this past week, but yet this is brings to close another month in the Daily Rios. We are now 65 episodes strong, three months in, and it's still been a lot of fun. And I want to thank everybody for uh, playing along as I continue to figure out what all this is and see what works and see what doesn't work and trying to enjoy it. Trying to do it so that I enjoy what I'm doing and hopefully you enjoy listening. As always, if you have a comment, peter at thedailyreels.com. Go visit the website, thedailyreels.com, and you can post comments on the individual episodes pages. Post a comment on iTunes, a review on iTunes, and subscribe through iTunes. I got two more reviews in the past week or so, and I'll be sure to give them a shout-out in next week's Feedback Friday, which I'm now doing every other week. Be sure to follow me on Twitter. I'm at Peter J. Rios. And if you do, let me know why you're following. Let me know that you heard it on the show or that you listened to the show so I can say hello. I'm about ready to have hopefully a fun weekend. I'm celebrating the 30th birthday of a guy, a friend that I know from theater uh, and who I celebrated his 21st birthday. So now I'm celebrating his 30th. And that happened to another friend of mine just a couple weeks back. He just turned 30 and I remember celebrating his 21st. Very strange. We're starting to kick into some of my, well it is, it's, it's my favorite time of the year, this whole Halloween through my birthday, through Thanksgiving, uh, through Christmas and then New Year's, uh, it's just a great time, a great season, fun family festivities, can't wait to see what it all holds. As I start to get a little more comfortable doing the Daily Rios, I'm starting to get the urge and the itch to really try to push along some of the other things I promised, mostly because I want to see how they go as well, and mostly because uh, I promised them and I should I should be following through on them. Hence this is why this episode is called Friday, Friday Follow-Up, and I'll do more of these, probably alternating between this and Feedback Friday, so that way I can catch up on everything. Catch up on your feedback, catch up on things I promised in certain episodes or little offhand comments I made and I said, and then I go, you know, I should really get back to that. So enough of me babbling. Go enjoy the rest of your Friday. Go enjoy your weekend. And I will talk to you next week.